Welcome to today's online message from Long Eaton Oasis Christian Centre. We are a church at the heart of the community, with a heart for the community. And we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll be inspired and encouraged today. Please don't hesitate to contact us. If you want to find out more, you can visit our website, www.longeatonoasis.co.uk, or you can direct message us. Father God, we just thank you for this time so far, but we know that you're not finished with us yet. And Lord, we just pray that as we open our hearts and ears to your word, that you would, as we've already prayed, transform us, change us, and draw us close to you in your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. So it's great to see you this morning. Welcome. If you're here for the, the first time as well, it was you know, a special welcome to you. I want to just take a few moments over the next few moments, just to, we're going to share um, from the book of Genesis, and um, it, it will come up, yep, it's going to come up, so we're looking at a, a series together when, you know, as we approach into December, we'll be taking our Advent theme, but uh, I, I had started a series in Je- the book of Genesis on the life of a man called Joseph, and we've got some, we're looking at some lessons that we can learn from Joseph's life. And I've introduced that. And so this morning I want to speak about being prepared for purpose and something that I feel that we could maybe pick up from this. And, uh, and um, so, I, I, you know, if you have a Bible with you, if you have it on your smartphone or your tablet, and uh, I'm going to read it good old school style and, uh, from, from a, an actual book. So uh, I'll have a go. So there we go. So it's in Genesis chapter 37. And um, it, it reads like this. Chapter 37, just about 10 verses I'm going to read. If you don't have a Bible, it's fine. Just listen. Just relax and listen. Now Jacob um, dwelt in the land where his father was a stranger in the land of Canaan. This is the history of Jacob. Joseph, being 17 years old, was feeding the flock with his brothers. And the lad was with the sons of Billah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And Joseph brought a bad report of them to his father. Now Israel, this is Jacob's name was changed to Israel, but his his name is interchangeable. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also, he made him a tunic of many colours. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Verse 5, now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more for it. So he said to them, please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There were, um, blind, uh, there were binding sheaves in a field and behold, my sheaf rose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, shall we indeed, shall, his brother said to him, shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and even the stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his and his brothers, and his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream? 
that you have dreamed. Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. His father kept the matter in mind. You know, I believe that God has a purpose for every person. But you're here today, not by chance. I don't believe in chance or coincidence. I believe in God incidences. God's, God designed the creator of the universe. And, uh, you know, for each of us, there is a purpose. But at the same time, our lives need to be prepared for God's purpose. God, there's a, pre- a preparation goes on in the heart and lives of human beings for the purposes of life. You know, it's, it's a bit like the rough edges of life uh, uh, need to be refined so that we can be ready. I don't know about you, but in my life, there's a lot of rough edges in, in, my, in my heart and life. I thought that some 30 years ago, so I've been, been in a local church, pastoring in a local church about two, two and a half years. It's what they used to call a probationary minister. And after about two, two and a half years, uh, you, you, you get this thing, if you put your name forward, it's called an ordination, where you're recognised in, the, in the, our network of churches, the Elam Pentecostal Church, where, um, and, uh, and, and, and so we can learn. So from this guy called Joseph, um, throughout the next sort of, from chapter 37 through to chapter 50 of the book of Genesis, there's a lot in this man's life whereby the rough edges of his life were, were smoothed and whereby some, some many years later, he finds himself in a place where God is flowing through his life, whereby he saves a whole nation of people. It's quite a spectacular story. But he had to be prepared first. And uh, there are three things that I just want to just talk about just for a moment or two, just share briefly uh, with us. And, uh, and, so, so the, the, so we, we'll, and we'll see this as we go on in, in the months. It's been to the new year probably now when we revisit this again. But when we look together, we, we'll see from this man's life some amazing things that we can apply to our own lives And it's quite amazing. The first thing is this. The first point I want to say is this. You know, um, Joseph was what a man called R.T. Kendall called a diamond in the rough. North Americans have a way of saying things. We would call it a rough diamond. (laughs) From the UK, we'd say it's a rough diamond. North Americans would say a diamond in the rough. I don't know why they do that, but there you go. That's what they do. And that's what R.T. Kendall said. And so Joseph had some rough edges. Well, he was only 17. We find in the story, 17 years of age, when I was 17 years of age, there was a lot of stuff in my life that, that, that as I grew up and as I grew, got old, bigger, older, that, that some of the rough edges of my life were, 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 were changed. And we, we, we see this, you know, um, a, a diamond, there's a saying, a rough diamond. A rough diamond is exactly that. It's a diamond that's rough. And it needs some of the edges chipping off it or cut off with a special cutter and then... And then um, brought up to, to, to reveal the diamond that's truly within. And um, it's a bit like that for you and I and in life. You know, the, God sees you and I and he loves you for who you are, where you are. And he can see inside your life, you're, you're, you're like a you're, you're, you're diamond, you're gold. You're gold, as we were just singing in just a moment or two. But uh, God looks at you and sees, and sees in you. You might not think this about yourself. You might not think you're very much. But when God looks at you, as he did with Joseph, he could see there was a di- he's a diamond of a guy or, or a man or a woman. And God sees you and sees, but, but also he see, there's, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in life. Uh, as I was saying, at, 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 uh, when, um, 
two and a half years of pastoring in a local church, I was in my early 20s. And after two and a half years, you, you, within our network of churches, there's an opportunity to be ordained. And I, and I, I sort of thought, after those two, when I was ordained, and you stand up at the Elam Conference, and, and there's prayers, and, and, and you're accepted into the Elam Pentecostal Church as an ordained minister. I think I was just beginning to start. And I think 32 years later, 30 years later being ordained minister, I think I'm beginning to be ready. 30, and I'm not just saying that for the effect. I think God has changed and honed my life over the years. You know, he was a rough diamond. You know, I, I don't know whether you know this about Joseph, but there's a few things I want to just say about him. His background and family was colourful, to say the least. You might say it was a bit dysfunctional. Joseph was a man who went on to be in a place where a whole nation would be saved. And the nation of Israel today owes its life, tracing all the way back to a lot of people, but Joseph was one of them. It's quite a spectacular man. He gave them help in the land of Egypt, and they became a nation at that land at the time when there was a, a famine. And, uh, but his background, he started, he started off in quite a dysfunctional family. His father Jacob was called Jacob, which means deceiver. He deceived his family birthright from his brother Esau. He deceived the family to receive his birthright. Not a great start. His, name, his, name, his dad was named Jacob because he was a deceiver. And he went on to do some deceptive things in his life, although he had a number of encounters with God. And, God went, and in that, he began to change, and God changed his name to Israel uh, at a place called Bethel and Peniel. There were two encounters that Jacob had. But his dad, you know, but in their family, there was deception that rose up now and, and, and again. He, he, in the sort of culture of the day, he took two wives, a lady called Leah and a lady called Rachel. And he was deceived into to taking Leah. He really loved Rachel. And uh, he, he, he was, his, his father, a man called Laban, deceived the deceiver himself to take Leah as wife when he would really want to Rachel as wife and, and spent many, many years working for this man called Laban to also receive the, Rachel as his wife. This is, his, this is Joseph's dad. And Joseph was the son of the Rachel. And, uh, and not only that, so there were a number of wives, but, but it said that um, Jacob, his dad, loved Rachel more than he loved Leah. And so within the family, there was a, a bit of a feud between I think there's probably, there's enough. Well, you can tell from my, my expression, if, if I get the wrong side of my own wife, let alone two. <laughs> no, I wasn't, I didn't put up the, I mean, she's not here, so she can't, she can't hear me. I didn't put the Christmas lights up the other day. She asked me to put the Christmas lights up, and then she rang me to say, did you put the lights up? And I went, No. But then I rushed to put them up. <laughs> so when she got home, I deceived her and said, ha, 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 I, I tricked you. I did them really, but I hadn't done. <laughs> I did them. But Rachel had two wives. Rachel had two wives. I mean, <laughs> Jacob had two wives. But then not only that, each of their wives had a servant. Uh, Leah had Zilpha and Rachel had Billa. And... Um, Jacob ended up marrying them as well and having children by them. It's a thing that they did in the East, okay? It's a thing they did in the East. And so what happened was there were multiple children, 12 in all, 
that, that, that were born to the, his various wives. Now, the, 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 and, 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 and the thing is this, it was the, the brothers of the, the children of Zilpha, the, the handmaid of Leah, and uh, the children of um, Rachel, the, hand, uh, uh, the, the Billa, the handmaid of Rachel, that we find at the beginning of this story, 17-year-old Joseph has authority over those brothers, although they were older than him. It's very interesting. And so within this family, Leah and Rachel, because there was a, a, a disagreement between them because of the way in which they were giving, uh, bearing children or not bearing children, and then also with their, their, hand, their handmaids, their servants, there was children and not being bearing. And so there was this there was this huge different arguments going on and family feud and, and, and some sons and, uh, and daughters being, being preferred than others. So this is the background of Joseph's family. Now you need to know that because then it says, and then when Joseph was 17 years of age. But that's the background uh, that's, that's going on. And so Jacob, um, he loves Joseph the most because it's Joseph is the son of Rachel who he loved the most of all of his various wives. And Joseph was the son and child he loved the most of all of his children. And that caused upset and anger amongst all the others. And it says there that, that Jacob preferred him and loved him because he was his oldest, he was his youngest son, rather, in, in born in his age. And, and then it says that, jo, uh, that Jacob loved him the most, so much so that Jacob made him uh, a, a tunic. It says in the translation, they have many colours. It is not like, I hope I won't destroy the myth, but you know the musical, Joseph, and his coat of many colours, it wouldn't have been like that. <laughs> ben is disagreeing with me and saying, oh, yes, it is. Well, if you want to believe that, it's fine by me. It's okay. But the tunic that he would have had, the tunic that he would have had, would have been not a servant's type of tunic, but a tunic that was given to the, the, the oldest member of the family, one that never worked, that ruled the family and would have been embroidered probably with some very ornate embroidery. And it would have been, a, not, it would have been a, a, like, like something that would, have, that, that would have been given to the oldest member, the, the lord of the family. And it would designate you to the lord of the family. So when it says it was a coat of many colours, it was a tu- an ornate tunic that was designated lord of the family. And yet he's one of the youngest boys. So you can see what's going on here. There's, there's rivalry, there's sibling rivalry, there's rivalry between the various wives, there, there's, uh, uh, you know, perhaps Jacob, you know, was unwise in preferring one than the other, and, then, and, and so, so it, what happens is, and on, on top of that, it says that Joseph brings a bad report. Now, you know, he's only 17, and, and, and he's his, his daddy's blue-eyed boy, he's, he's only, when he's the youngest, and all his other brothers saying he's too young, and now he's, he's also telling tales on them. He wasn't a bad boy, but he was, you can imagine there's a recipe for disaster going on here. And then on, on top of that, and it says that then the brothers begin to hate him. There's jealousy and hatred going on and, and towards him in the family. And you can see, you can see how it's being caused. I'm not saying I agree with it, I'm not saying I agree with the hatred, but you can you can see. And and this is the danger in family life, isn't it? Even in our own family lives, where where, where you get disassociated families and, and sibling rivalry and, 
and, and, and all sorts of stuff, and, and parents that prefer one over the other. There's all of this stuff that, that can go on, and you can see the damage that it can cause. And on top of that, Joseph has a dream, and in his dreams, he isn't very sensitive, and he hasn't really thought it through. He's so excited by these incredible dreams, and they are amazing, and they're going to they're going to plan the course of his life, but he just goes and tells, in the midst of the blue-eyed boy, the lord of the family, only 17 years of age, all his other brothers thinking, who is he anyway? They're not, they're not happy that their dad is preferring him. There are other brothers in the family line that should be getting the inheritance anyway. And he then goes and tells them these amazing dreams uh, and just says, this is what you're going to do for me. You're, you're going to bow down to me. There's a sense of in being a bit insensitive, maybe a little bit of pride creeps in. As I say, he's only 17. And so what I'm saying is that, you know, each of us has sort of, as it were, sort of rough edges. So it is family background, there's dysfunctional stuff going on. In his own life, as a young guy, I'm not, I'm not pulling him down, I'm not decrying Joseph, because God chooses to work through and bring purpose and work through a young man who probably had a lot of rough edges. That's all I'm saying. And, you know, Christians aren't perfect. We're not per- you're not perfect. And, uh, and you don't have to be perfect for God to say, I have a purpose for your life. You can have a purpose even with rough edges on and being a rough diamond. You can. You can have a purpose even if you don't think you're very good in your heart and life. You don't see very much about yourself. God sees you and looks at you and sees the diamond within that's, that's the good thing. That's the good news. That's the amazing news. And uh, I, I can tell you, as a young man, I, I grew up, I, I, I can't go into detail, I don't want to go into detail, but as, a, as an 18-year-old, I had a chip on my shoulder. There was stuff that, not, not, I come from a great family, a wonderful family, but I had a chip on my shoulder. It wasn't until I became a Christian at about 20 years of age did, did something come off my life. Uh, begin to, and I began, began, God began to change my heart and life. But I was a bit embittered at an 18, 18-year-old, 18 of some things that went on in my own family life. And so I could sort of identify. But God sees the diamond within. And, 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 you know, a diamond, so the rough needed to be refined. That's what I'm saying is. And we can see that with, with this man, Joseph. And so, um, you know, a rough diamond is, is, is cut. And that would be my second point. The rough needs to be refined. And we see throughout Joseph's life, where God is with him and where, where he, he circumstances against him. You, you can say, tell me about it. Maybe you're going through something in your life right now which is uh, alarming you, hurting you. Maybe, you know, for Joseph, he, he was hated by his brothers. They plotted to kill him. They threw him into a pit to die. Then they sold him off into slavery. And then when he, and when he went to, and then sent to Egypt to be enslaved, he was in, 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 the, in the slave trader's house, he was accused of, uh, of, 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 att- of attempted rape. His life was one of, one of real challenge and circumstance. And uh, it, there's, there's a, a place where the rough edges need to be refined or smoothed to reveal the jewel. You know, the jeweler will, when they take a rough diamond, begins to, to they, they have a diamond cutter, begin to take off the rough, and then they, they, they have certain ways of beginning to smooth and bring out the diamond, as it were. A sculptor who, who was, it, it, I can't say it was Leonardo da Vinci, but it's someone like that, you know, of that sort of caliber, was uh, sculpted these amazing horses, you know, and got it absolutely perfect, and, and the three dimension, and, and even, you know, the whole aspect of the horse, you know, down to its mane uh, 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 and it, it, its muscle structure and everything, very realistic, and was asked 
by a passerby. How can you sculpture from marble such a beautiful and amazing sculpture of a horse that's so realistic? And the sculptor said this, uh, when I see the, the lump of marble, when I look at the lump of marble, I chip away anything that doesn't look like a horse. I chip away anything. I mean, to me, it's, I would be looking at the other way around. But he said, I, I see the horse in the... When God looks at you, he sees the jewel. And he seeks to... The jewel is Jesus Christ alive in your life. And he seeks to work and chip away, as it were, at aspects that are not God-like, Christ-like in our heart. In our life. This is why in my lifetime I felt God working in my life. And he does that and can do that through our lives by the Holy Spirit. And, and, and he does that in, sometimes in circumstance. You know, I would say this. Um, circumstance can affect my character and your character. It can either, it, it, can, it, can, it can chaff you. You know, to be chaffed is, is to be like really rubbed where, where you bleed. And, and, and so life, you, in life you can, you, you can bleed. We, we can, you, right now, you're, you can say, tell me about it, Adrian. I'm going through a very hard time in my life right now. I'm hurting. And so circumstance can chaff us. It can chaff at our character. And it can hurt us. Circumstance can do this. And, and whereby we, when we get hurt, well, I had a chip on my shoulder. I became a bit of a, a, even 18, a bit bitter against someone in my life. Because I, I've been chaffed, I, circumstance, things that had happened to me and, 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 and done. And, and it, it wasn't until I became a Christian that I found something different in my life. And it was this, where God begins to chip away and soothe my heart and life through circumstance. And, and I would say today there, 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 there is a choice for us. There's a choice for you and I in circumstance of life. And I'm not saying this lightly. Please, please, please. I am not saying this lightly because this is the huge challenge that we have to life. The pain that comes in life. But God, in the midst of our pain and in the midst of the challenge, he sees the good. He sees the jewel. He sees the Christ in you. He sees the gold in you, even if you don't see it. And sometimes through circumstance, if it, it, it depends now. And, and we, 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 we see this with Joseph. In, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, when he's gone through such a terrible life where his brothers hated him, they threw him into a pit to die, they sold him into slavery, they told their daddy died and was killed and gave, and gave his blooded um, tunic to their father. When he'd been accused of rape, he was thrown into a prison because of that false accusation. It was totally false accusation. Left in a prison to rot for many, many years. Um, he came out of that prison and um, he interpreted a dream for the Pharaoh and that Pharaoh, because he was so glad that the dream was interpreted, gave him to become one of the highest rulers in his own land. And, and so at chapter 50, in, in Genesis chapter 50, some 13 years later, from 17, he was now about 30 years of age, he says this to his brothers. Uh, he was able to turn to his brothers, not in bitter hatred because he'd been chaffed, by all that circumstance, but he said this to them, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done in the saving of many. His heart was changed. In all the circumstance, he allowed God to chip away to, and to shape and smooth the heart and life so that he became ready to serve him. He viewed the circumstance as a way of changing his heart and character. And so there's, we have a choice. Well, and, and I don't know about you, but my, my character, I was pretty chip, chip on the shoulder, even at a young age, and a bit bitter towards somebody. 
And when I became a Christian, I realized as I gave my life to God that he could change my heart and life. And, and I began to change and, and, and it changed the way I, I felt. In James, the, the, the letter, the, the, a man called James, one of the apostles, James, he writes and he says this in James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, coming to the New Testament about this idea of being refined. He says, consider it, this is incredible because I've always looked at this and thought, wow, this is very challenging. Listen to this. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Oh, I, I, that, that, is, that is, I've read that. It is true, but it's very challenging, isn't it? When your faith is being tested, you're hurting. He says, but consider it joy, because it, it produces perseverance. Let perseverance, he goes on to say, Finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, not lacking in anything. Circumstance can either be where God, in the midst of circumstances, as we yield our hearts to God, not only wants to cause you pain, wants to chip away at your life and say, oh, take that bit off them. They need to get rid of that. That's not what it's doing. It's it's looking as a craftsman to, to find the jewel within our hearts and in our lives, but to be refined. You know, we, you know, when we're rough, as we're refined, uh, it's at then that we become a, a place where we're ready. And with this, we'll close. You know, faith, perseverance, character, these things, these things don't just happen. They come in time, and they come, they, and, and, and preparation, sometimes there's, there is pain. I'm gonna, I'll be honest, as a Christian, just being, because we're a Christian doesn't mean to say we won't have pain. But we will come through. We will come through. And Jesus said, my peace I give you. That's the difference. That's the difference. Most Bible scholars say it was some 13 years of preparation. Joseph was about 30 by the time he interpreted the Pharaoh's dream. And he spent quite a few years rotting in a prison, a place where he could have got very bitter. But he didn't get bitter. And I've heard this said, and it can sound a bit trite, he got better because he allowed the circumstance to be something that changed his character. He clung to God more. He called out to God, gave his heart and life, said, I'm hurting, said, I'm in pain, but God, I give you my life. And something began to happen. He began to grow in character. He began to grow in faith. He began to grow in perseverance. He began to know the hand and heart of God upon his life. Very interesting. At 17 years of age, we read him at the very beginning in chapter 37. In chapter 37 of, uh, of Genesis, he says to his brothers and family, listen to the, my dreams. Listen to my dreams. And he tells them these amazing dreams. You might think, well, that's not much. Well, look at this. It, chapter 41, many years later, this is when he's about 30, so this is 13 years later. He says to Pharaoh in Genesis chapter 41, verse 16, when Pharaoh says, you know, interpret my dreams, he says this, only God can do that, not me. Wow. That's, that's a little line. It's a one-liner. Write it down. Genesis chapter 41, verse 16. Have a look at it. It'll be different translations. It's an amazing one-liner. At the beginning, at 17 years of age, rough diamond that he was, a, a, a young lad thinking that he knew it all and, and he could take on the world. Look at my dreams. At 30 years of age, having gone through the challenges, the pain, and the honing of his character and the refining of his character, he says, only God does that, not me. And he did. 
He interpreted the dream, and Pharaoh made him only second to him in the whole land. It's spectacular. It's a spectacular story of God changing our hearts, changing your heart, changing my heart. God comes to change our heart, your heart and my heart. And um, in the midst of that, there's a refining process, uh, which can be so challenging. I'm going to look to hopefully, yeah, let's try this. Purify my heart, let me be as gold, pure gold, refine as fire, my heart's one desire is to Done. 
Almighty God, we come before you, our loving Father, a Father who cares, a Father who sees. You see what is going on in and around our lives, and you care. You see into the very depth of my heart, and you love. You care, but you love. You see me for who I really am, past my pain, Past my rough edges, you see the very depth of me and you love. We're amazed that you would still love us, almighty God, that you'd send your only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, that you would give your son, my rough edges and all, thank you, thank you, thank you. And so this morning we open up our hearts and our minds to you. There'll be people here today, Father, I'm, I don't doubt, who are hurting through circumstance. And I pray, Father God, that the circumstance of life, you, you'll just love, reach, Holy Spirit, heal, change my heart, my mind, you know, the rough edges of who I am. Rather than I become bitter, I pray that I become better. Father God, Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts and our lives here this morning in the name of Jesus. Come and refine. The refining process isn't always easy. We all want to be ready for God. Ready for God, it says in the song. Ready to do your will. But it's the refining process, the fire of your presence, the love of your heart that changes me from glory to glory. And so this morning, Lord, we open up our hearts and our minds to you. May the rough edges that are in my heart, the anger, the pain, the bitterness, the why me, Holy Spirit, will you come and heal? Would you come and heal? So this morning in our worship, I felt these words, a bruised reed I will not break. And there's somebody here this morning in the Bible, it's in, in Matthew and Isaiah. Matthew quotes from Isaiah where God says, a bruised reader will not allow to be broken. I feel there's someone here this morning who's very hurt. Now, there's lots of people, and I know lots of people, but I have, this is, I'm not thinking of anyone in particular. And this may apply to one or one or two. And uh, a reed that's bruised, it's, you know when you see a, a reed, reed bed, and uh, it's almost been like broken in half, and it's got a bruised mark, on, but it hasn't broke off. And this is what God is saying. You know, in circumstance, can, can, to the point where you feel, that you're, you feel like life has ended, you're not just bruised, you feel like you're broken in two. But this is what I would say the Holy Spirit wants to say to you today. And God says to you, entrust your life to me. You may feel like a bruised reed, but I'll not allow you to be broken. Whatever that means for you. I don't know what that's going to mean for you this morning, but the Holy Spirit wants to reach out to you. Whoever you are, just entrust your heart and life to him. Entrust your heart and life to God right now, this morning. 
that you might not be broken. Yeah, I, 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 I feel it's got something, this is me personally, and I don't know who it's for, it's got something to do with being upset, angry, bitter. And I say bitter, it's not a judgment of anybody this morning, it's a statement of fact, that's how you feel. You feel angry and embittered. And I just feel that it's not going to break you if you entrust your life to God. He wants to touch your heart, to heal your heart, to refine our lives. And God loves and cares for you. If, if that's you, then you know, come and speak to me at the end at some point, or Pastor Andrew and myself, we would love to pray and just pray God's blessing and healing upon your heart and life. Father God, we give our lives to you and we pray that this week as we go from this place, we may go in the power of your Holy Spirit, enlivening our hearts and lives, healing us that we might be more like you. Take off the rough edges, Lord, that we might reveal the diamond of your heart and life within our lives to the world in which we live. It's a bruised world that needs to know you, Jesus. And so this week we go in the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.